Welcome to 500 Words, Encouragement for Christian Creatives with Katrina Hoover-Lee. And you can visit me at any time at katrinahooverlee.com and see my family, the books I've written. That is Katrina with a K, just like Hurricane Katrina. So I am talking with Gary again today. You just heard his piece, Distant Land, a little excerpt. And after I stop talking here, um, you will hear No Easy Answers, a excerpt from another piece that he has composed. It's a great piece for today because we do talk about some harder issues, uh, more difficult topics, including suicide and mental illness. Um, in creatives and things like that, and also just hopeful and positive things um, that we've encountered. Gary did tell me that he wished he would have mentioned how much he appreciated it um, when Tapestry Singers beautifully recorded his piece Christmas Lullaby. And so I did include a link in the show notes to that, or you could probably just find it. It's on YouTube, and he thought probably on Spotify as well. I'm sure you could find it with a search as well. So let's get into the interview. Just remember, we've got the um, clip here, no easy answers leading up to the interview. All right, so I am back again here with Gary Yoder, and if you listened to the previous episode, you know he talked about his interest, um, passion, especially for composing, and then also for art and poetry, and we didn't talk a lot about how that fit in with the conservative Anabaptist um, culture. Um, I know, uh, Gary, you said you didn't have just a lot of options in school. You did mention that. But you did have a encouraging teacher, which I think is really neat. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about about that, and yeah, what were some discouragements you faced, or or and how did you deal with those? Yeah, there would have there were definitely some dis- discouragements. Um, I don't want to be overly negative mm-hmm. um, because there were there were obviously some very bright spots. Um, I mentioned high school teacher um i would have my my grandparents um some a number of people that were very encouraging with my interests um and and then throughout my throughout my creative life there have been quite a few anabaptist um, creatives that have have been or or people involved in the music kind of the Anabaptist music world that mm-hmm. have been very encouraging. Yeah. Um, so some of, some of them would have been um, like Wendell Glick. Um, he has been mm-hmm. 
a kind of a musical mentor to me. Mm-hmm. Um, been very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, yeah, he's been very helpful. Um, Jeff and Dina Swanson. Um, okay. They they would be involved with the orchestra camp and a number of like music music camp. Oasis Corral, maybe or not. Probably, um, very I think maybe very I've likely. heard the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, they were very, very encouraging with the the orchestral side of things, um, right for orchestra, um, and I actually had one of one of my pieces actually was performed at the orchestra camp. Um, I believe in twenty, yeah, it would have been twenty thirteen. Um, so some time ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite quite some time ago. <laughs> um, thanks, thanks to thanks to um, the Swansons, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, the the piece um, might should be might should be left 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 and forgotten this, but um, <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> I think every single creative, unless unless they're just not admitting it. Um, you always start off with something that you then later wish you would have maybe just left in the drawer or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But uh, hey, you got to start somewhere. Yes. And yes, most they, of us, they yeah. were very, very encouraging. Um, mm-hmm. Still, yeah. So I'm interested in when you were doing those college classes and when you were thinking of going to college for music. What was the kind of vibe you were getting from the Anabaptist world on that? <laughs> <laughs> if I can ask. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I would say I came from a very practical family. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, the Anabaptists, I think. I mean, in general, practical. you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think it would have been, it wouldn't have been something that I would have been told I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really strongly encouraged, right? Um, and and some of some of it was that I was like I was a very um, not very confident teenager. Um, had some social anxiety. I was mm-hmm. wasn't really sure if I really wanted to to do the whole college thing. You were indecisive somewhat yes. yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so I kind of, some of it, I believe, was was kind of the, the cultural pressure, mm-hmm. and some of it was just my own lack of confidence and mm-hmm. um, insecurity where I ended up, to, I, I did end up taking that one class um, for one semester, and it, it was... It was actually a good experience, and I, I really liked my professor, and we were actually um, still somewhat in touch. Really? After that. Um, but I think, and, and some of it was the cost, too. Right. Um, well, but don't you think that that is the... Um one of the main objections in the Anabaptist world, I think often is the idea of, and I'm not saying this is all bad. I mean, I think there's, it's maybe the flip side of something that's really good is that there are, you know, Anabaptists are often cost conscious and, and whatever. But I think that is part of the, 
you know, the thing for a lot of people. That it, it's viewed as being completely unpractical, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I would say it was kind of viewed, would have been viewed as, as something that's not very practical and also very expensive. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of return on the, mm-hmm. on the investment. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I, I feel like uh, maybe the, there may, could have maybe been some, some returns that maybe wouldn't have been tangible that, mm-hmm. that would have been worth the investment looking back. Um, right. And, and, and there, I think there also was kind of the, I got the sense that, that if, 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 if you couldn't make a career out of something, um, that, that it wasn't really worth, worth going to college for. Or, mm-hmm. Right. And, and looking back now, I, I can, I, that really can kind of frustrate me because there are, there are people that, that do that and make a career out of music or art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's not, it's not like it's an impossibility. Right. And I think growing up, that was, it was kind of, it was always presented to me as, as you know, if you, if you do that, you know, the, there's no, no work, there's no, no money there. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's, it's fine as a hobby, mm-hmm. but, and, and, and it was, I would say it was supported as a hobby. Yeah. But it wasn't really seen as a viable, um, career, career path. Even, yeah. Even, even a really a second, like a side income really it was, um, just seen as a hobby basically. It's just, yeah. It was just a hobby. You and, know, and it is interesting. I, I think maybe it's, even more pronounced in the in Anabaptist world, but you do hear it like everywhere too. I just um, I'm reading this book called Daring Greatly by I'm not I'm gonna mispronounce her name probably, but it's Brene Brown. I um, if that's the correct pronunciation, but anyway, she told a story of a of a young artist who he was maybe eleven or something when his uncle came over and basically made fun of his art projects to his dad and then in turn his dad just decided okay you got to stop doing art and he completely quit I guess and it's it's just it's just um or just you know people always talk about that and and it is true that it is harder to make you know uh, an income and so there there is definitely that or it can be it can be in in these fields um, but this yeah. also, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, um, it, it's, I mean, it's definitely a challenge, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I wish looking back that I had known some of the success stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. Instead of only hearing the, um, seemed, seemed like only hearing the, um, the negative. Right stories um, yeah like like one of one like especially um with with the artwork uh like only it's only been in the last few years that i realized and really became aware that there there are actually these people out there that do art and they actually make a living from it mm-hmm. and they 
time. Some of them actually do really well. Mm-hmm. I just met somebody at our <laughs> local our, our art fair, and I, I, yeah, she said she just started in 2020 or something, and now she does it full time. So, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's not it's not easy to get there. Right. You have to master your craft, and it can take years to get there, but it's it's mm-hmm. not an impossibility. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing, and I'll just maybe read this, because I hadn't thought about the gender expectations of our culture as much, or the broader culture. This is a secular book. She may be a Christian, but it's not. she's not writing about Christianity. Um, and she's talking a lot about shame and vulnerability and how men and women experience that differently. And so I'm just going to read a little um, paragraph here that I think relates a little bit She says, shame is universal, but the messages and expectations that drive shame are organized by gender. These feminine and masculine norms are the foundation of shame triggers, and here's why. If women want to play by the rules, they need to be sweet, thin, and pretty, stay quiet, be perfect moms and wives, and not own their power. One move outside of these expectations, and bam, the shame web closes in. Men, on the other hand, need to stop feeling, start earning, put everyone in their place and climb their way to the top or die trying. Does that, does that sound like a vibe that you've gotten from people? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, maybe some, maybe some of those thankfully actually aren't as bad in the Anabaptist um, world as they might be in the, in the broader world, but there's, yeah, a little of, all of that, probably in both. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, like, I found for myself, like, with the, um, especially not so much with the music, because I think music is more, generally more uh, acceptable um, in Anabaptist circles. Mm-hmm. Because we see the, the need for it mm-hmm. in, in worship. Um, mm-hmm. so, and it's a little more, more mainstream, I guess. Right. Um, but then some things like, say, the artwork or even poetry, um, as as a male, mm-hmm. it, it can almost be a little, a little scary to admit that you actually do some of that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I hadn't thought about that when I when I asked you about you know talking on the podcast, but I I thought about it later, or maybe when I read in her book here, I'm like, you know, there might be an element here that's actually yeah. worse for you and my brother William who loves poetry and, and whatever than even for me being a, a writer and a creative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it seems like there's something about the, um, work, like the, the feeling emotion, emotional mm-hmm. side of life is it's, it's not really considered a, a manly, mm-hmm. a manly thing. And, to, the tragedy is I, I've heard even, I mean, I think there have even been some tragic cases of people like, uh, and maybe this leads into that one um, song that you wrote, but just like people being really um, ostracized almost for for having emotion and maybe ending their lives or whatever. I'm not really thinking of a specific yeah. case, but um, tell us about that song you wrote or whatever you feel comfortable sharing but you you mentioned you wrote a couple pieces almost like in memory of somebody yes yes there's actually it's actually two kind of like that um i believe 
I think I sent you one of them. Um, the the first one was um, song a song for Carlina. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carlina, like I don't I don't know a lot about her personally, um, but my my wife would have spent would have for a number of years helped with um, Bible vacation Bible school um, in Ontario on a reservation with um, the children there. Like with the uh, Northern Youth Programs type of I, thing? No, okay, it's fine. Maybe loosely. I'm yeah, not, yeah, I'm yeah that's fine. Sure the Just details. interested, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, one of the, um, one of the things that, that, um, that those communities have dealt with a lot in recent years, at least, is suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and Carlina would have been, I believe, one of the students there when, when my wife would have been there teaching and very shortly after me and my wife were married um carlina took her own life and Mm. and luann ended up actually going up and with with some of the others that had been there Mm. and i was obviously back here in Mm -hmm. the states Mm -hmm. and kind of processing all that and um so i wrote that that piece kind of as sort of in, as a lament mm-hmm. for, for Carlina and just knowing how big of a problem that is in, in that area, mm-hmm. um, especially with young people, um, just not, not having meaning or just not, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know what all drives it, um, mm-hmm. but yes, yeah, so that that's what? something that that has has really moved me. Um, just and and it's not it's not a it's not an easy subject to really talk about, or it's certainly not an easy thing to deal with, um, mm-hmm. and. For, for me, the about the best response that I can come up with is, is music and mm-hmm. a, a lament mm-hmm. for for the brokenness and and hurting. Yeah, um, especially I... especially with the young people, mm-hmm. um, because like looking back, I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't say that I had a terrible childhood by any stretch. Um, I had good parents, mm-hmm. a good family. Um, but as, as a teenager, I did, I did struggle a lot with like, do I really belong? Do I, mm-hmm. um, and, and some of that was related to my interest in, in the arts and music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't the sort of thing that, you know, the cool kids did. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I wish I was just thinking about this today. I think maybe thinking about maybe what you had written in your email or something, but I wish that why don't people tell teenagers that the cool kids in high school are not necessarily the ones that are doing well when they're 40. I mean, when you when you when you yeah. follow people's yeah. lives through it's it's not you know i just wish yeah. i wish somebody could um but no i i, I yeah. think a lot of 
creative people especially deal with this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, so as, like, as, as a, I think part of my, my, um, I guess my empathy or my um, burden for the, for the people like Carlina um, is just, is just looking back and, and see, kind of seeing myself mm-hmm. at that age, you know, asking, you know, really big questions and not, and, and not really knowing how to ask them. Or who and, to ask them to, maybe. Who to ask. Mm-hmm. And, and not really knowing, like, where I fit in. Yeah. <laughs> and... Does it matter? You know, do yeah. you matter? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, and then, and then there was another, another, uh, um, about a year or two ago, I had a, a young cousin that took his own life here, um, some, um, kind of the same area. Wow. Um, and he was pretty young. Oh. Um, that was very shocking and that's um, just really, terrible really hard for the family um and I remember I remember you know saying to a co-worker just just when I was processing that you know that that could have been me that's, mm-hmm. and I don't like I don't think I was ever to the point where I was seriously considering suicide but I mean it was something that I thought about mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, very thankful that, that, um, I didn't, yeah, <laughs> didn't go there. And that's another thing able to get through to me. Yeah. And, that's another thing that I think maybe, I mean, I think there are a lot of Anabaptist, uh, there's the writers and artists conference, there's the Shenandoah music camp and whatnot, but I haven't heard of just a lot of discussion about mental, um, illnesses and things like that, which I think think maybe would be appropriate at those places just because for whatever reason it seems like um those creative type of people you know often i know i have and i know so many yeah other people um have but i i think the whole music thing like to to write a lament yeah you were maybe writing it in memory of her and yet it can I think music can cross time and and culture and speak to so many more situations even than words can. Yeah, and, and in some of those situations, I'm not sure where you would even start with words. I, right. I'm, I'm not the writer. <laughs> right. But. No, I, I totally hear you. There's, I don't know what it is with music. And like I said, just listening to some of your pieces, I... It's like how how can that be like um, you know touching me emotionally or whatever and um, it's I, I'm totally not a musician really at all but it's really I think it's great yeah to have people that are really interested in that all right well um, do you have any more thoughts on that our time is running out again on this um, episode um, I'm trying to think if I was going to ask you anything more here. I'd say one one of the um, one of the other uh, fairly discouraging things that mm. that I would have heard um, is kind of the, the thought that you know what you're what you're doing isn't really relevant, <laughs> uh. um, and especially in the context of the music, 
um, which and maybe also somewhat the artwork um, because yeah, I had I don't think I mentioned it before, but some of, some of the artwork I do is is abstract, mm-hmm. and it's it's not maybe it's not really I guess as acceptable, right? In, yeah, in, in conservative Anabaptist circles as landscape painting or it's kind of like free verse like, poetry versus um right. versus something that rhymes real nice right. and whatever. Right. yeah um, yeah especially in, with with the music um so like there's i mean there have been all of the the worship wars and people are, are very obviously music is a very personal emotional thing and and so sometimes people that are don't really appreciate the more traditional hymns or acapella singing. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I've I've heard people say, maybe not quite that bluntly, that you know what the choral music or the the hymn hymn writing is is just not really not relevant today, mm-hmm. and that that can be kind of a um, and and for any of for any of the um, the artwork or the, the poetry, even or any of any of that, um, it's it's not uncommon for at least at least some people to kind of suggest that it's not really relevant. Not relevant. It's it's just yeah. Like hmm. there's, it's just there's not really value value for some of it's just there's there's not an appreciation for for the parts of our communities it's and and i'm not sure that that's not necessarily even just an anabaptist thing i don't think Um, i don't think so like it like i I feel like in in some other countries there may be more kind of kind of cultural identity and and value put on mm-hmm. some of that stuff that, and, and so maybe it's maybe some of it's not even a Mennonite thing or an Anabaptist thing, mm-hmm. um, but it, it seems like we don't have quite the in the states we don't have quite the well, we don't have the history. True. Um, the 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 years of history that some some cultures do. Right. Um, and there's and and some cultures I think value the arts highly um mm-hmm. for like there's in, in russia the um painting is is still is still very very honorable um mm. thing to do um and there there are some countries in europe where singing is is still a very important cultural thing mm-hmm. and 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 the states it doesn't seem like there's quite that sort of that sort of value put on on the arts yeah although there is the thing i mean i think it's maybe because of the internet or whatever but kind of this creator um economy thing starting now where people are figuring out how to you know reach people with their work and and that kind of thing um which is maybe really encouraging, really, that there are more avenues of, like you said, better software and, and things like that. Um, and so that's, um, that's good. 
All right, well, we are out of time again for this episode. So next time um, we'll be back for the final episode and just talk a little bit about what you are thinking for the future or any words of advice you would have for um, your teenage self or we'll kind of recap, um, yeah, where, where you're going from here. So we will be back uh, next week. And we will end here with a short excerpt from A Song for Carlina, composed by Gary Yoder in memory of his wife's friend, Carlina. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.